the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Well, today we start the season of Lent, as you know, it's Ash Wednesday. And there comes to mind one of my favorite Bible verses, which is from Psalm 73. Take the light in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take the light in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Lord Jesus, we know this theoretically, that only you can make us happy and secure. Only you can fulfill the desires of our heart. St. Augustine spells it out for us very famously. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. But we kind of know that, again, theoretically, speculatively, but we have to know it personally and emotionally and really and that takes work, right? That takes work. Why, Lord? Because to take delight in you and let you fill our hearts, we have to deny the surrogates for our Lord that we all have in our life. The creaturely comforts and the habits that we kind of go to instead of our Lord, right? For our happiness, for our peace, for our security, for our pleasure. And so this takes work. To take delight in the Lord is an accomplishment. It's something that needs to be won. And Lent is a chance to win that, to win a greater love for our Lord, a greater appreciation for our Lord, to let him be more important for us, to let him make us happy. And if you're nervous starting Lent, or if you've been nervous for a couple days, as I have, <laughs> at the prospect of Lent, it's a good sign, right? It means, it means you need it. It means you need to do that work. But I start freaking out. It's like, well, gotta, last couple days, I need to eat more. <laughs> I need to watch more videos. <laughs> I need to start drinking. I don't know. It's like, because it's going to be hard. And that's a good sign, right? Because, because it's going to take trust. And to grow in trust in God is to grow in love of God. And to take delight in Him instead of those other things is an act of trust. And trust is always kind of risky, right? Trust is not trust unless there's some fear present or unless there's some uncertainty present. And so the fact that we're a little bit nervous is a good sign that we're actually thinking about giving up things that 
we're too attached to, that we depend on too much, that we overvalue. It's not a bad sign. Psalm 146 tells us not to put our trust in others, to put it instead in God. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no help. When his breath departs, he returns to his earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Happy is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in mortals, but rather in God. And in the first place, Lord, the prince that I put my trust in the most, the son of man that I put my trust in the most, perhaps it's myself. Don't trust yourself for your peace, for your security, for your well-being. I trust our Lord. We don't have princes in our country, but we have celebrities and sometimes we do this too, right? We put our trust for at least our entertainment or our inspiration in those stars. And they're shooting stars, right? It's like one comedian said, here today, gone today. <laughs> and the Super Bowl, apparently the Super Bowl halftime show was supposed to be nostalgic. Right? Singers from the late 90s and early 2000s was supposed to invoke nostalgia. I had no idea who they are. I'm too old for nostalgia already. It's like, <laughs> who are these people? It was exhausting watching that. <laughs> hey, don't look for others right, for your happiness or for your inspiration. Look in the first place to our Lord. Psalm 62, a very beautiful psalm, strikes a similar theme. Making the jump, the jump to trust our Lord and not things. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly moved. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low estate are but a breath. Men of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. 
If riches increase, set not your heart on them. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Men of low estate are but a breath. Men of high estate are a delusion. Trust in him at all times. And these are great ideals, Lord, that we can shape our Lenten sacrifices with. Why am I giving something up? Why, you know, why am I giving up peanut M&Ms? Or why (laughs) am I giving up Twitter? Or why am I giving up entertainment on screens? Or whatever you're doing. All, you know, all of the above. What's the point? Well, the point, Lord, part of the point is to shift, is to shift our habitual trust in those things or those games or those shows or that food, to shift it from those things to you. And it'll work, right? God is faithful to his promises. Take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so we ask you, Lord, Lord, give me the courage and give me the trust and give me the wisdom to see, well, what, what do I need? What, what do I need to deny so that I can find my delight in you? What do I need to trust less in so I can trust more in you for my security and my comfort and my happiness? What is that shift, Lord, for me? And, and that's faith. Faith is not just consent to truths. It's consent to the person of Jesus, that the person of Jesus is our Savior. That they're not just abstract truths. But that in my life, right, with my problems, Jesus is the answer. Right? Jesus is the solution. And this is faith as we see it in the Gospels. There's a wonderful scene. I'm sure you've thought about it, read it many times. This is Mark's account when Jesus exercises a demon of a of a boy who's the son of this father and and this takes place right after the transfiguration and so Jesus is on the mountain with Peter, James and John and his disciples are down below with these people and then when Jesus comes back down there's there's a meeting between the scene that was happening on the mountain and and the scene that was happening down below And when they came to the disciples, right, when Jesus, James, and John, and uh, Peter reunite with his disciples, they saw a great crowd about them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. I don't know why they were amazed. It doesn't say, like, what particularly was different about this, the beginning of this encounter, 
maybe Jesus still had a little bit of the resplendence of the transfiguration. Um, and so they were just amazed by the way he was, the way he looked. Maybe it was just the timing was perfect. It's like, wow, just when we needed him, right? He showed up. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a dumb spirit and wherever it seizes him, it dashes him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. On the one hand, Jesus, trust is so precious to you. It unlocks your miracles for people. It unlocks your power to convert us and to convert others. Faith is very precious to God and to us because it, unlo- it unlocks God's power in our life to love and to convert and to help others. And on the other hand, because faith is so precious and trust is so precious and God has done so much good for us, lack of trust is is like one of the only things that Jesus complains about in the gospel. Jesus is not a complainer. He complains about hypocrisy and he complains about lack of faith, especially for, you know, on the part of his of his followers, of his disciples, us by extension. How long am I to bear with you, right? oh, faithless generation? Bring him to me. St. Faustina says that Jesus told her once that more than the most grave sins, lack of trust on the part of his chosen ones hurts him the most, Right? that lack of trust in the part of people close to him hurts Jesus more than the most heinous crimes. And Jesus asked his father, how long has he had this? And he said, from childhood, and it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And so contrasted with Jesus's being upset with lack of faith or lack of trust, there's this incredible promise, right, that if we do trust, great things will happen. The most essential things will happen, right? We'll become saints and we'll help others become saints and get to heaven. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. 
And so it's interesting. First, Jesus, we have this statement of how much distrust bothers you, where we have Jesus' reaction to a lack of faith, that the faith of the apostles wasn't great enough to cure this boy. Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? And then we have the positive side of that, which is if we do have faith, well, all things are possible, right? God will do great things through us. And then we have this very comforting middle ground, which is, I believe, help my unbelief, right? Thank God. <laughs> right? It's not like faith is not this binary switch. It's not either I have faith or I don't have faith. And Jesus responds to that. Right? So it's not like he's looking for a faith that we don't have yet. I mean, he kind of is. He's looking for growth in faith. But he's not looking for a perfect faith in order to, to do great things for us. He's looking for the next step in faith, which for this man was, okay, I do believe. I've heard about your miracles. I see you here. I'm amazed too by the timing or by the way you look. Right? I do believe but help my unbelief. And so in me, there's this struggle between my trust and my lack of trust, right? My faith and my lack of faith, my belief and my disbelief. And that's enough for our Lord to help the guy. And so perhaps also Jesus in Lent, we can, we can do that. We say, well, okay, Lord, yeah, in a way, I am looking for my happiness in you. And I do pray, I do go to church, I do make this effort, but in a way I don't. Because I go down rabbit holes, right? Eat entire pints of ice cream, or I, you know, whatever. I check out. And so, help my unbelief, Lord, and help me to believe more by voluntarily giving myself a hard time or cutting back on those things as an act of trust that only you in the end can truly fulfill the desires of my heart. And only you, Lord, can step into my life and make things okay. Right? This is a great scene because, you know, it's a disaster. Right? They're arguing, the kids on the ground rolling around, foaming, the father is desperate. And Jesus walks in, and in a couple minutes, everything's fine. Everything's okay. Because of him, and because of trust in him. And the father describes twice what was happening to his son, and then it starts happening. And, and they're like, well, why can the disciples do it? The disciples are like, why couldn't we do it? We don't. Eh. There's, it's chaos. And Jesus shows up, and everything's fine because of his presence, because of trust in him, in the difficult situation. It's kind of like Patrick Mahomes, right, in football. You know, the, the Chiefs, everyone says, are not a, as good a team as the 49ers. And the only difference was one guy, right, Patrick Mahomes. And so Pat, we could say Patrick Mahomes is kind of like the Jesus of football, right? He shows up. <laughs> You know, he shows up and everything, you're going to win. Right? He's like Tom Brady used to be. You're going to win much more than others. You're going to win Super Bowls, many Super Bowls. 
And so they show up on a team that otherwise would be a disaster and everything's perfectly fine. And this is Jesus in our life, right? Without him and even sometimes with him, it's, it seems like total chaos, right? But he walks in it's, and... And do I recognize you there, Lord? And do I trust you with the chaos? And do I let you do your work? Or do I just rely on myself and try to fix it myself and end up making it worse? Because I'm not good at fixing things. And I'm just a second-round pick from nowhere State University playing right guard. And I'm trying to play quarterback. Uh, Not going to work. I saw a priest this morning and um, greeted him and I said, Happy Lent. <laughs> and he said, Miserable Lent. <laughs> right, have a miserable Lent. And we're both right. Um, that in order for us to have a happy Lent, for our soul to be happier and for our spirit to be happier, well, we have to be miserable, right? We have to give ourselves a hard time. And that's okay, just like it's okay if you're nervous now before Lent starts. And that's not a bad sign because it means you're probably giving up something that you need to give up. Well, it's okay that in a week you're depressed because you're not used to going without those things. Not severely depressed, but you know, that you're, it's uncomfortable that you're a little bit sad and because it's a transition that the soul has to go through, though we have to go from running on those things, even though we know it's junk food and it's not good fuel, it's not clean energy. We have to go from running on those things to running on you. And before he can fill us and, and have that, well, we have to go through the purification of being empty of those other things. And when you're empty of fuel, you stall. Right? And so before the fuel of relying on God and the grace of God more and, and prayer and charity and all those other things that can truly fill our heart, before that fuel can enter, the fuel of distraction and self-reliance and food and entertainment or whatever, right, has to be have has to be siphoned out with the run out. And in the transition, we stall. And that's good, right? Don't be afraid. You know, if in five days you're like, oh man, this is long. I don't have any energy. I, I you know, I miss SpongeBob <laughs> or whoever, right, you're gonna miss. Um just don't be afraid. That's it, right. It's, you're exactly where you should be. You're feeling exactly what you should be feeling. That's why we put ashes on our forehead. It's like Job sits in ashes. Not to feel good, but to feel bad. Right? And they, you know, all those, Lent used to be a lot harder. Right? People would fast the whole time. Not to feel good, but to feel bad. Why? So that, they could, so that they could be better and feel better because getting rid of those things and doing penance for their sins creates the space and the shift from the things of the world and from the sinful ways to the holy ways and the things of God. But it's a transition. That's why it's a whole season. And so, Lord, keep us from being 
keep us from being too soft, right? And too self-pampering and too tied to our immediate mood and too less, too distrustful, right? To go through that process. Because the danger is, it's like, oh, I don't feel good. Oh, huh. And then we're like, oh, this means I have to start. Let me get back. I'll at least start eating the peanut M&Ms again because if not, then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bad person. No, you're just soft, right? <laughs> feel bad and still be nice to your husband and your children. It's doable. You, you know, it's totally doable. But you have to know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, well then, yeah, eat the M&M's. Have a miserable Lent. But have a, have a happy Lent at the same time. And both of them are totally compatible. Totally compatible. We go to Our Lady and take the light in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. This is what Our Lady does with her life, with her desire for happiness, with her security. And she puts it all on God. Be it done unto me, right? Her desires, right? Her fears, her plans, her faculties. Be it done unto me according to your word. It be done unto me according to your word. And then she tells us the same thing, right? Do whatever he tells you, right? Live as he wants you to live. Desire what he wants you to desire. And we ask her precisely for the trust, or for the trust and the courage to do that this Lent. Our Lady, our Mother, you who are so trusting in God's plan, who trusted him through the joys and the sorrows, of your life through the ups and the downs. Intercede for us, pray for us, that we have a similar trust, that we start with the faith that we have and we ask our Lord, increase my faith. I believe, but help my unbelief. Or like the apostles say, Lord, increase our faith, increase our trust, because it's not, it's not where it should be. And it can grow, right? It, faith will always grow if we ask for it and if we make acts of faith. It's, it's something that essential that God wants us to have. So God has to give it to us. Our Lady, our Mother, intercede for us. Help us to keep growing and to use this time of Lent well, to make up for our sins, to grow in our capacity to love God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, My guardian angel, intercede for me.